Now shall we have a word of prayer, shall we pray? Our God and Father, we bow before thee just now in that precious and peerless name of the Lord Jesus Christ, thy only well-beloved Son. We thank thee for the Saviour, and we're glad this evening that there was a Saviour who came. And not only did he come, but we thank thee that he went to the cross. And we thank thee this evening that there, between those malefactors, there they crucified him. We give thee thanks tonight for one who was willing to die in her stead that souls so unworthy might live. And the path to the cross he was willing to tread, all the sins of our life to forgive. We bless thee then this evening for the one who died but rose again, and the one who lives to never die. We're glad tonight that God hath made that same Jesus, that Peter said of the nation, whom ye crucified, both Lord and Christ. And we're glad this evening that he has promised to return. And we thank thee for the imminent return of the Lord Jesus, that he's coming soon from glory. And as we look around the world today, surely it causes us to look up for our redemption draweth nigh. We ask thee just to give help this evening, uh, another time to set forth the way of life and salvation, that thy word may be sanctified to every soul. Remember those that would have normally been with us and are not able because of uh, sickness. We, we commend them to thee and Pray thy good hand upon them, even this very night. So, Lord, we bow before thee, and we leave ourselves in thy care. In the Saviour's worthy name, amen. Now, we're glad to see all that have come tonight. We make you welcome in the Lord's name. I, I gather that there's some who are not too well uh, with COVID and maybe other things that uh, would normally be here and we trust that they'll make a good recovery but you're here and we thank you for coming on such uh, a wintry night and such a, a wintry day that it has been. Now there's a few announcements here in the Lord's Will on Monday evening at 7 p.m. There's the young people's meeting. And then on Wednesday evening at 8 p.m., there's another ministry meeting when I hope to be back again on Wednesday night to speak. Uh, we have been here the last two Wednesday nights, and now this will be the third Wednesday and the final Wednesday of the little series. And we're thinking on some lesser known Bible characters. So remember Wednesday evening 
at 8 if you're free. And then next Sunday for the gospel meeting at 7 p.m. And the speaker will be David Wilson from Milford. So these are all the announcements and we make them subject to the mind and will of the Lord. Now, I want to read a a well-known passage with you tonight from the Old Testament in the book of Genesis in chapter 22. It's a, a passage that is read often, referred to often, spoken upon over the years. Genesis chapter 22 and at verse 1. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt or test Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went on to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto the young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship, and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son. He took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham, his father, and said, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. And they came to the place which God had told them off, and Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went 
and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. Now that's all we read with the Lord's blessing. Much has been said and spoken on this well-known Old Testament passage. Nothing that I would say about it, but you have heard before. But this evening I just want to try and draw together this mountain peak experience in the life of Abraham. Because Abraham had some great mountain peak experiences. He was, of course, the man of faith, as we know, that Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. And in this passage, he is asked by God to do the most difficult thing that anyone could ever be asked to do, to take his son Isaac and to offer him up for a burnt offering. Now, that would be something if you or I were faced with would be something insurmountable. But God was trying Abraham. And in this passage, I want you to notice that the place is mentioned four times. And I want to draw, as it were, this little message around the mention of the place four times. You see, it tells us in verse 4 that he saw the place afar off. And then in verse 3 it says that he went unto the place of which God had told him. And then further down is in verse 9. It says, and they came to the place. And the fourth mention is verse 14. That he called the name of the place Jehovah. Jireh. So the place is mentioned four times. Now, I want you to think of this place on Moriah's Mount that is such a picture of another mount in the same range of mountains. 
the place which is called Calvary. The Bible makes it clear in Luke 23 and 33, it says, And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him. So think of the place in relation to Abraham and Isaac on Moriah. And think of the place in the very same area. Now, someone asked me some time ago, was the Lord crucified on the very same mount where Abraham offered up Isaac? Well, it wasn't the exact same spot, but it was one of those mountains of Moriah. The place. Abraham and Isaac. It is a very touching scene. And the Bible tells us that Abraham he saddled the ass and he, he cleaved the wood for the burnt offering. That just simply means that he cut it up. And the two young men who were with him. And it tells us that they went towards the place. But I want you to think of this reference. He saw the place afar off. Now, Keep in your mind the place called Calvary where Christ died. He saw the place afar so off. That brings me way back into eternity because Calvary was in the mind of God from all eternity. And then he went on to the place. That was the sincerity not turning aside nor turning away, but went on to the place. And then they came to the place. The mystery of Christ dying on that cross. Charles Wesley wrote, "'Tis mystery all the immortal dies." Who can explore his strange design? And then the last reference, he called the name of the place Jehovah Jireh. That tells me of a great sufficiency that the Lord will provide. He saw the place afar off. Now, as Abraham and Isaac moved along, with those two young men, the place was yonder in the distance, afar off. I'm just using an illustration tonight and bringing, as it were, the comparison that way back in eternity, that God saw the place afar off. You know, 
The Bible tells us in, in Revelation 13 and verse 8 regarding the Lord Jesus that he was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Before thy hands had made the sun to rule the day, the hymn writer said, or earth's foundations laid or fashioned Adam's clay, what thoughts of peace and mercy flowed in thy great heart of love of God. You know, tonight the wonder of Calvary is this, that it was ever and always in the heart of God from eternity. That Calvary, it was not an afterthought. It wasn't a hurried arrangement. It was planned and purposed by God from eternal ages. You know, the Lord Jesus, we need to keep in mind that his death was not an incident. His death was not an accident. His death was providential. His death was planned by God. You know, there's people that would try and tell you that the Lord Jesus, he died as a martyr. He didn't die as a martyr. Some would say, well, the whole thing was a mishap. It was a mistake. It was neither a mishap nor a mistake. It was God's great plan to redeem fallen man, to redeem sinners like you and me. And the great thing about it is this, that there was no other plan. You hear people talk about plan A and plan B and maybe plan C, and I don't know, but I'll tell you this. There was no plan B. You know, these two or three weeks, Russia has been much on the news and surrounding Ukraine. Way back in the year 18 and 12, there was a man called Napoleon and he set out to conquer the world. And he conquered the most of it, not all of it. But at that time, you see, Russia was ruled by the czars of Russia. And Napoleon fell out, had a disagreement with the czar of Russia. And Napoleon's plan always was that if he fell out with some leader of some country, then his next plan was to conquer them. And so he amassed a great army. And he left France at the end of September, early September. Now, I'm not going to do all that story, but... Napoleon's march on Russia, on Moscow. 
He had a plan. Of course he had. But then, if that first plan failed, he would fall back on the second. In fact, he had three plans. But God had only one plan. You see, there was no such thought that God's great plan would ever fail. And there would need to be another. You see, the reality is that that God knew that in his Son, the Lord Jesus, there was one who could not fail, who would not fail, and did not fail. You know, Napoleon, it was about the worst battle that he ever experienced. When he got to Moscow, the city was empty. There was only beggars and vagrants. But what he had forgotten about was the Russian winter. And it can come in quite early and severe. And a lot of his army perished in the cold. God had only one plan. He saw the place afar off. And then it says that he went unto the place. I like that, you know. He went unto the place. But Abraham, do you know what this means? To offer up your only son Isaac? Now you know that, uh, that Abraham had other sons. He had Ishmael. And, of course, later on, Abraham married Keturah when Sarah died, and he had six more sons. He went on to the place. I love to think of the Lord Jesus. Midst hatred, rejection, and loss, his love led him on to the cross. The Bible says his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. He never deviated. He never turned aside. He never turned away. He went toward the place. Knowing all that would befall him. We read in John chapter 18, there it says, and Jesus, knowing all things that would come upon him, went forth. We read again in John 19 and 17, that he bearing his cross went forth into a place called the place of a skull, which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha. Same place. See, Calvary is the Latin word. Golgotha is the Hebrew word. He went onto the place. 
The Lord Jesus said in Luke 12, he said, I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how am I straightened until it be accomplished? The baptism there, of course, he was speaking about the suffering of the cross. How many times the Lord Jesus spoke about his death? He could say to Nicodemus that the Son of Man must be lifted up. He could say, my, that he must suffer and be rejected and crucified. And there are quite a, a list of different times when the Lord Jesus spoke of how he must die. He went onward to the place. Ah, uh, the hymn writer said, to Calvary's cross one day, my Lord was led away. My willing to bear the load of all my sin. Thank God tonight he did not turn aside. He did not turn back. He went onward and forward and upward to Calvary's hill. And on that skull hill, he died for you and me. Love so amazing, Isaac Watts wrote, love so amazing, so divine, demands my heart, my life, my all. He went on to the place. See Abraham and Isaac, and as they move, Isaac is a strong young man, maybe in his late teens. And he spoke to Abraham and he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, Son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. Now, I believe that Abraham saw beyond what would have been the ram caught in the thicket by its horns. He looked right down, my, and he saw another lamb, the lamb of God. God will provide himself a lamb, he says, for a burnt offering. And then the Bible says this, So they went both of them together. Verse 6. Verse 8. Same thing. They went both of them together. You see, <coughs> they left the young men at the foot of the mountain. And Abraham said to the young men, I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. They went both of them together. There was harmony, you see. There was no discord. I want to tell you tonight that there was never any discord 
amongst divine persons when the Lord Jesus went to the cross. He moved in fellowship with his God together. Oh, the marvel is, this is God's great plan. They came to the place. There, Abraham built an altar. You say, what did he build the altar of? Well, I'm not sure. Was it the wood? But he built an altar. You see, an altar is something that's raised. It's above the ground. It could be made of stones. It could be made of earth. It could be made of wood. But an altar is raised. And then it says that he laid the wood in order. The wood that he had carried, or Isaac had carried up the mountain. And then he laid Isaac on the altar of wood. So he built the altar, he laid the wood, and then he laid Isaac on the altar. You say, how did he do that? Well, he did that because Isaac was willing. You know, if Isaac, my, were to have thought, not for me, well, Abraham couldn't have put that big, strong fellow upon the altar. Abraham was way, way over a hundred years old now. But he laid Isaac on the altar. And then he lifted the knife. He bound him and he lifted the knife to slay him. You say, that sounds a terrible thing. Surely, surely not human sacrifice. No, of course not. You know, I've heard people refer to this about Isaac, about Abraham going to slay his son. God telling Abraham to slay your son. No, no. God did not want Isaac's life. God wanted Abraham's heart. And he got it. Because Abraham showed and proved that he was willing to give his only son, Isaac, the son of promise, 
upon the altar. The Father in his willing love, the hymn writer said, could spare thee from his side, and thou couldst stoop to bear above at such a cost I pray. You see, Isaac willingly lay on that altar. The Lord Jesus willingly died on the cross of Calvary. You know, the, the, the soldiers that nailed him there, for, for those soldiers, when they were nailing their victims to Roman crosses, for they had done it many times, my, it was a terrible struggle to get those victims onto a cross. It took four men to do it. But it'll not take four men. Because he willingly, he held out the hand for the soldier to drive through the nail. Crucified, we sang, crucified and nailed upon the tree. Well, the marvel is, you see, that Paul says, the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Isaac was willing. The heavenly Isaac, our Lord Jesus, was willing. Abraham was a knife above his head, stretched. And the voice says, lay not thine hand upon the Lord. And he looked and saw my aram caught in the thicket by its horns. Now, stop there a minute. Because the picture changes. And that ram he offered in the stead of his son. But when we come to the cross, there was no one who could take the place of the Lord Jesus. The hymn writer said, no angel could my place have taken. Highest of the high, though he kneeled on the cross, despised, forsaken, was one of the Godhead three. There was only one who could bear the load of sin, your sin and mine. And thank God tonight we read in Isaiah 53 that the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. What a scene! on Mount Moriah. But the marvel is this, you see, that actually Abraham, this is a bit that you have to think about, that Abraham, when you go to Hebrews chapter 11, 
he received uh, Isaac from the altar as from the dead. You see, as far as Abraham was concerned, that, that Isaac, my, had died and now he was raised. Now, of course he didn't die, we know that. But the picture is there. You see, Abraham said to the two young men, he said, I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. See, Abraham believed that if Isaac were to die on that altar, that God would raise him up and they would come again. But, but it's the third day. The third day when, when Isaac, my, is, as it were, in type, raised. The point is this. Think about this for a minute. From the moment that God said to Abraham, take thy son Isaac and offer him up for a burnt offering, from that very moment, as far as Abraham was concerned, that Isaac was dead. And now it's the third day, isn't that resurrection? And in type, in picture, in figure, my, that he receives Isaac back from the dead. You know, the amazing thing is this, that you read about Abraham coming down the mountain. But you don't read about Isaac coming down the mountain. Well, there's something, isn't it? Ah, but you say he did come down. Of course he did come down the mountain. But you don't read of him coming down the mountain. You see, the picture is that of ascension, isn't it? And the next time that you read about Isaac, it's when Rebekah is brought to him and into the tent. And Rebecca is a picture of the church. Saw the place afar off, went to the place, came to the place, called the name of the place Jehovah Jireh. You know, oh, how wonderful this is. For God said, See, now I know that thou fears God. I think that's about the, the, the high point in the whole passage. 
Now I know that thou fears God, that Abraham was for real, you know. Abraham was no fictional thing, he was real. God said, now I know. Now I know that thou fearest God. He got the man's heart, you see. God never sanctioned human idolatry offering human sacrifices. No, no. God makes it clear and plain how opposed he is to that in the book of Jeremiah. You know, there's still parts of the world where they would still do that, you know. Some hidden parts. But the marvel is this tonight. That God gave a son to the cross, to the cruelty, to the shame. And when he was on the cross, God forsook him and abandoned him. You say, that was a terrible thing. I tell you, you or I could never know tonight what that cost the heart of God. You say, why? Because of you and me. Because he loved us. Gave a son to die for us. Ah, tonight. No wonder the old hymn says, How can you refuse him now? How can you turn away from his side? With thorns on his brow, on the cross, Jesus died. How can you refuse Jesus now? Oh, tonight, if God has done all this for me in giving a son, surely the least that I could do is thank him and trust him and give myself to him who died for me. Shall we pray? Lord, we just bow and give thee thanks for the record of Scripture. We thank thee for the greatness of thy love. It passeth knowledge, that dear love of thine. Lord, we stand in wonder and amazement that the God of heaven should give us only son to the suffering and shame and death of the cross. Oh, that there might be a response in our hearts tonight 
to the one who loves us more than any and the one who is able to save all who will come. We ask thy blessing as we part in thy precious name. Amen.